Hi, I'm Randallin. I'm Jennifer. And we're people talking about people. People Talking People is a part of the Wonder Barn Podcast Network. You can check out all their other podcasts on travel, yoga, health, and business over at wonderbarn.com. That's W-A-N-D-E-R-B-A-R-N.com. Good morning, Jen. Good morning. I'm happy to be here drinking my coffee and excited for today's topic. I I love, I've said this before and I will continue to say it until we stop seeing each other every Monday morning, but I love our Monday mornings. I feel like they really set the tone for my week and they give me kind of like that pep in my step that I need. When all I did was like talk for an hour with Jen, I'm like, it's okay. Like, I feel great now. I can take on Monday. I could not agree more. It's kind of like setting a, setting your priorities and picking one thing to accomplish and boom, at what would be, what, 10 for me, 11 for you, we've already accomplished something really big first thing in the day. So it's a great way to start the week off. I agree. I am spectacularly excited about today's episode because it's a topic we've kind of talked about before more broadly, but I think as we are coming upon the holiday season and we know tensions are going to arise, we wanted to kind of revisit this topic in a little bit of a new light. Um, And I mean, Thanksgiving already happened. I'm already seeing these things happen with my family. So Jen, I am incredibly excited to hear what you have to say today. Um, And hopefully I can say some intelligent things in between while you share all of your wisdom. But Without further ado, we are going to be talking about boundaries with your family today. So as I said before, we did do a whole two-part episode. I guess we did two episodes, not a single episode. Uh, We did two episodes on boundaries a couple weeks ago, so go check those out. We'll maybe link them in the show notes as well so you guys have easier access to those. Um, So if you're thinking about boundaries, or are struggling with boundaries, that's where we recommend you start. And then this is like the third step in that process. It's figuring out what those look like with your family because they are people that love you and want the best of you for you. And sometimes they just don't know what that looks like. Am I right, Jen? I think that was perfectly said. So yes, there are people who love you and want the best for you, but but dot, 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 doesn't always feel like it's coming across that way, right? So I think this is a good, I want to kind of start off by posing a question to you just to kind of kick us off. Um, When we think about family, I'm just kind of curious for you and your perspective, how does that change the conversation around boundaries? What about it makes it different than the conversation we had, you know, in the past. How is it different? And if it's not significantly different for you, that's okay. But just kind of curious, how does it make it different for you? I think about boundaries as something that are highly self-oriented, maybe is the correct term. Like all of my the boundaries that I have in place are to help make my life a little bit easier. So if that means like I only spend an hour on social media a day, like that's not a boundary for social media's sake. Like that's a boundary for me, for like my mental health, for the things that I'm consuming, for the way that I'm spending my time. Like 
that's a boundary that is directly beneficial to me. And so I find it very easy to set boundaries with friends around like, nope, I go to bed by 9.30. I'm not going out with you tonight. Like not going to happen. Can't do it. I really struggle with family boundaries because often when it comes to family, I think, and maybe it's just the way that I see my family, I feel like circumstances are, like, I want to love them well. I want to be there for them. I want to support them. I want to be someone they know that they can count on. Um consistently and sometimes that means that like boundaries either don't happen or they get really blurred and so I'm kind of always finding myself in this like middle gray area where I'm like what am I doing why did I say yes to this like did I even want to be involved with this like I it's hard to to know how to care for them without just like consistently emptying myself to be present for them is where like family boundaries get really hard for me because I think it's a different level of still wanting to like show up and be present for them in place of just being like nope friend see you tomorrow like I don't know I feel maybe a little more like invested or like I don't want to rub them the wrong way so I'm nervous about putting boundaries up when it comes to my family what about you, Jen? Well, so I feel similar, but I think the the, the main differences for me are um, age, to be honest, is one. Like you're earlier in stages of figuring out how to manage and juggle the, the boundaries and the dynamics <laughs> where I've got, you know, 20 more years of experience with that. But what I think is really important with what you said, which resonated for me, was maybe it's the way I see my family. I think that's really important is... It's not just that, yeah, we all have different family dynamics. Yeah, we have different expectations. Yeah, we have physical boundaries. Sometimes we might be in different states. You know, there are all these drivers, but it's also your own sort of personal perception around what the expectation it really is. So there's a big piece of that perception thing, which is probably, you know, a whole nother topic we could go on to forever and ever and ever see here I, here we go again I pick the next topic just off of the conversation we had um, but that perception piece is really important to be thinking about and the perception that you have that your family has of you is going to be different maybe even than what they actually have the perception that I have that my family has of me might actually be different than what they actually have so kind of finding that balance and regulating between the perception and the reality really does help with the boundaries piece the expectations is the other kind of key thing. I mean, all of us have grown up with obviously very different expectations. And a lot of times those expectations that our caregiver had of us at an early age, no matter who they were relation-wise, have a tendency to flow into adulthood for us just sort of naturally. Whether they're still there or not, you know, it was just kind of the way we were raised. It's sort of ingrained in our brain. So I think that expectation piece is key. And it's a lot easier the older that you get, if you choose to have your own family. Like I'll never forget the, one of the most things I was most excited about when we had my daughter was like, oh my gosh, we finally can just stay home at Christmas and do our own thing. And if somebody else wants to come over, that's cool, but I don't have to go anywhere else. What made me think I had to have a child in order to do that, you know, is beyond me. But, 
but that was like this expectation that I had kind of had of myself and very clearly I had just put on you know myself again based off of what I had done over the years growing up. My, my parents were divorced so early on. My Christmas morning was with mom. Christmas evening was with dad. I continued that for years and years and years until I physically moved away and could not do it. Uh, but I, did they have that expectation? Probably not. It probably was pretty flexible in the grand scheme of things. Jen, I love that it only took you one kid to figure that out. My mom didn't stop dragging us from place to place to place to place. We used to go, I'm not kidding you, we used to go to like 10 different houses over the course of Christmas Eve and Christmas until my mom had her third kid and then she was like, nope, this is too much. I was 10 and I was like, oh, it's finally too much? Like you've drugged me around to all of these people's houses for 10 years and like now we're done? Like, oh, okay, great. Uh, so I'm glad you figured that out after your first kid. Boy, do I wish my mom would have. <laughs> but I think it's so true. And I think we kind of fall into these patterns where we maybe assume that there are expectations that aren't there, like showing up or being present for different things. Um, and it is hard to to kind of pull yourself out of that and be like, is this, am I doing this because I was like asked to do this or because I feel like I should be doing this? Um, and it's, it is a question that consistently like pegs my brain when I'm like, why, why am I here right now? Like, was I actually asked to be here? Or did I just feel like I should be here? Um, and that's something that I personally have been working really hard on. Like, I find shoulds to be draining. They just do not work for me. Like, oh, I should do this or I should do that. Like, I can't, I can't with a should anymore. And so one of the things I've been really working on lately is identifying things that I feel like I should do and deciding, like figuring out why I have that feeling like is it because somebody asked me and I said yes and then I forgot about it so I feel like I should do it or like what's going on there I think I'm gonna get a little off topic um, so I'm gonna pull it back in here we can talk about my shoulds some other day um, but especially when it comes to family I consistently find myself in this battle of like I know someone, like, I know my mom's not going to ask, but I know she'd be really thankful if I did X. And Jen, as someone with 20 more years of experience of figuring these things out, how, like, tell me what I need to know. <laughs> like, how do I break the cycle of unspoken expectations, unmet, um, yeah, like unspoken and unmet expectations that I'm either like going above and beyond to meet that I feel like or that I like don't need to be doing or things that I am potentially like missing the mark on because they're unspoken and unsaid. Yeah, I think this is the the time where we can really step up into our own personal like leadership skills and leadership style. And as cheesy as it is to make a segue from this conversation around family boundaries into leadership there's two key things that are absolutely things that I would coach like a leadership client on. One is that around that expectation piece. And it's sort of like that process of setting the expectation up front. So not being afraid 
to have a conversation with others around what your boundaries are and what those expectations that you have of all of them are. So being comfortable sort of sharing those expectations, finding a way to do it that's soft and makes sense. But once you've sort of set the expectation, it's a lot easier later to say, well, remember I told you every Mondays I do the following and I can't come over. Oh, that's right. I'm so sorry to hear that. I just completely forgot, you know, no problem. So that type of thing, it's much easier to almost like, again, go back and hold them accountable to that expectation because you did set it up front and you made that clear. They had buy-in, they had a chance at least to say, but I need you on Mondays. Okay, that's okay. I'll change my gym schedule. I'll go Tuesdays now instead. It allows for a dialogue instead of confusion, frustration, or arguing, you know, later. So that expectations piece is really key. The other one is really what you alluded to right there at the very end, which is just ask, you know, how do I do this? Ask, right? It's the process of using the questions and getting really clear because I will tell you right now with all this experience and just as in my case, my parents, um, you know, being my main caregivers are aging, you know, if you there, everyone changes just like I change and I'm a different person than I was, you know, gosh, probably one or two years ago, let alone five, 10, 15, 20 years ago, parents are the same way. Family is the same way. Everyone's changing and the things that they need or want change too. So, you know, you might know that mom doesn't like bananas and most likely that's not going to change, but mom might go from liking caffeinated coffee to liking decaf coffee later in life. You know, these are like really ridiculously simple examples that I'm giving, but things change for us. You know, the amount of things that we need from others change. It could be more, it could be less, but this is why we need to kind of ask because there might be a point in time where you just assume what they need from me is the following, but now they really need something different. And they, that is the thing they need. They just might not be ready to ask for it. I love that. Jen, as a much more experienced question asker than I, I know enough about asking questions to know that you should avoid questions that start with the word why. Do you have any, so I, I'll put this into a little bit of perspective. I have not done the best job of this with my family. And when someone will ask me for something, I'll be like, why? Why? I don't understand like why, why this happening right now? Why? Um, and sometimes it's because like we, we're all kind of poor communicators and we oftentimes like don't include enough context with the question for it to make sense and all of those things in order to avoid why to kind of stay on the side of um, helpful communication instead of potentially like harmful or negative communication. Do you have any questions that you have found to be helpful or verbiage around like, say this instead? So I do think it's contextually, it, it varies quite a bit, but there's kind of two types of questions you can imagine or situations you can imagine with family and with boundaries. One probably first stems in almost like that, how can I help you realm? And that's the questions where this is you getting that discovery up front to make sure you understand what they need and that the perceptions are there and the expectations are correct. And you're not assuming, right? You're not just assuming what it is that they need from you. So those are kind of those sort of like, I'm calling them the, how can I help you questions? You may not say, how can I help you? But that's one key type of question. So I want to just check my own understanding here. These questions 
could be something like, what are you looking forward to this holiday season? Or what tradition are you most excited about? Or what, like, do you enjoy doing X every year with us? Maybe that, maybe not that one. I don't know. You're kind of shaking your head. So I'm going to stop. <laughs> no, those are good. Those are all really good. I think those are very good because they're, they're getting to the root of what the heck are we even have going on here? And what do you need from me? Um, there could be some more that are even things they might feel a little cheesy or silly at first, but I think when you get to the answers and when you hear the response, it'll, it'll feel better and it'll make sense, but it could even be things like, you know, what's the one thing during the holiday season that really stresses you out the most? Um, what is the thing you have coming up that you're worried about making time for? Um, how are your time management skills going these days? What are you struggling with? You know, it could even just be some things like that where you're sort of just checking in that way so that you also understand maybe where some of the challenges might be and where the help needed might be. Because it could just be that the it comes out that, no, they don't need you to um, come over and have, you know, dinner at their house. Frankly, they'd rather not have anyone over, but they just want the house cleaned. And if you can't be the one to go over and clean the house, maybe you can hire a housekeeper or get some help to do it, right? But then that sort of clarifies. So instead of putting 20 people in their home for a big dinner, you're sending a housekeeper and not doing a dinner at all, you know, these types of things. So something where it's just kind of clarifying through challenge and help um, can be really helpful as well. So yes, those were great examples. Basically just keeping the di dialogue really open and talking in a way that maybe you wouldn't have in the past historically. Um, okay, the second set I think alludes more to what you were just talking about, which it's more of like, I already used the word clarifying, but it's a similar, it's like a clarifying question or even like a feedback-based inqu inquisition. So they've already asked you to do something. So these are different questions. It's like, can you take the trash out? Why do you need me to take the trash out? You know there's a, a reciprocation of a question. Those definitely are different. And these are the ones that I would say are almost more challenging in the sense that you don't know what that question is going to be. So even being prepared for that can be really tough. These are the ones where it's like, we need to use the power of the pause, take a deep breath, really think through a response and either use a question or maybe a statement is okay. Um, but the point being, how am I going to respond in this moment and make sure it's a healthy response, not a sabotaging response. And then hopefully the other questions you're doing now, now that you're getting this whole process down and you're starting to do some of these upfront, how can I help you seeking type questions will start to eliminate some of those second type on the back end. So it's one of these where the pre-work allows for less of that post-work on the back end. But point being, um, it is going to change a little bit. So it could be, hey, can you watch the boys, you know, while I run to the store? Maybe you do, you start off with almost like a feedback type thing where it's like, I'd be happy to do that this time. Can we also have a conversation around what that will look like for us to do this together going forward or how much support you need for the next two weeks so that I can manage it into my schedule? You know, something along those lines where you're kind of coming at it with an approach to level set and set the expectation. Jen, this is literally a conversation that has happened in my life in the past two weeks. Um, so let's, let's, let's be very practical with these people. My response to that question was, I'd much rather just run to the store for you. Can I get you anything? And this is maybe where 
I felt like I had had set the boundary of like, I know that babysitting takes way more out of me than just running to the store and dropping things off. So like I had the availability and the bandwidth to do that thing. However, the response that I received was like, I would really, really, really love to just go get my own groceries. And suddenly the boundary that I had felt super comfortable with now made me feel like super guilty and like a terrible daughter. Well, hopefully don't do that to yourself. Remember, don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up. It's just something that your mom needed in that moment and was able to ask for it. So the good news is, A, you guys are having conversation and communication, right? Um, B, no one said that when we set our boundaries, they're going to always work every single time. <laughs> you know, um, at the end of the day, if you can't do that thing, you have to say no, right? You have to find a way to say no. Um, and whether that means the no is a literal no, I'm sorry, I cannot do that right now because, and you have a good reason as to why, um, or I can't do that. I can do the store run. I promise this will be the last time. And next time I'll make sure you have childcare so you can do the run yourself or whatever. So you're setting success up for the future. It's not always going to be perfect by any means. It's not going to be perfect. Um, but don't be afraid to go back to those boundaries that you set originally. Like if you really truly set those boundaries that said, you know, I cannot do babysitting, for example, like I'm just, I don't have the time and all the capacity. It distracts me mentally, you know, whatever the things are. Um, I just want to remind you, I don't have the capacity to do that. Here are some other things that I can help out with, you know, instead or something along those lines. Um, and then just kind of make with it what you can work with it, what you can, if you need to help find another sibling that can do it. Great. If you need to help find, you know, a actual babysitter, here's some names of some people who would be really helpful for you, you know, these types of things. So you have to just kind of work with it and roll with it too. It's never going to be a hundred percent perfect. A lot of the times it really is in the reaction more than anything else, how with these boundaries. So you can set this expectation up front. You can use it as a reminder to say, Hey, remember when I said, I really just can't do that because of X. So it's not going to work out for me. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. It doesn't mean they're not going to be frustrated. It doesn't mean they might not be hurt. It just means that it's not coming out of the blue and they might be able to soften the blow for themselves a little bit better because of the fact that you did a much better job of communicating it and the dialogue is open. So it's going to be a lot easier to handle any repercussions or something from that in the future. I love that. And I think you said a lot of things where I was like, yes, Jen, that, those words, that's the one. Um, and I was not writing them down because I was like, it's fine. I'll remember. Um, don't remember. I do remember the one thing that you said around like using these boundaries as like the expectation markers around like, okay, if somebody pushes back on my boundary, I can be vocal and be like, hey, um, you know, that that isn't going to work for me. Here's why we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Or it also can give me an opportunity if maybe something has changed or something else was canceled for me to say like, hey, normally this wouldn't work. But because of X thing, like I can make it work today. Moving forward, like, remember, this isn't something that usually works for me. Um, so I love I love the idea of like framing those options as if they're just like ongoing things that we talk about that like, Hey, this particular day of the week doesn't work. And here's why 
nope, that day of the week still doesn't work and here's why. <laughs> um, and just making them, I, I think I overthink boundaries with my family because I'm like, well, if I, if I told you, why do I have to keep telling you? But on the flip side, like I forget a lot of things. So why should I expect them to always be 110% you know, like on par with my current boundaries and be able to say like, oh, it's Monday. Randy does X, Y, and Z. She can't do this. Um, when I don't remember, I don't know what my mom does on Mondays. Um, so no, I, I think I found that very helpful. So thank you for sharing that with me, Jen. Well, and let me give you another example too, because I talk about like, this truly is never going to be perfect. But again, this is, I want to just really stress, it's all about the dialogue that you're creating too. My mom will call me in the middle of a day on a Wednesday and I am working and deep down in her head, I'm sure she remembers that, but it's like, she's forgotten. I'll get like five phone calls, five text messages. It's nothing earth shatteringly important. You know, she just wants to have a conversation or talk about something we're doing or ask me if she can borrow something or whatever. And I have to remind her, Hey, sorry, mom. Remember I'm working. If I, if I have a situation where I have a break, yes, I will return your call. Otherwise it's going to be like five o'clock. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. But if I hadn't had a conversation with her many times and set that expectation, let her know there is a chance you will not be able to reach me at all Monday through Friday between this time and this time. If it's an emergency, call my husband. You know, if I hadn't set that boundary up front and I just sort of got frustrated and was like, mom, stop calling me in the middle of the day. I'm at work then she would probably feel a little heartbroken, be a little hurt. You know, there could be something there that would not be healthy, right? Um, it could have some very negative reaction, but even for something just as simple as that, but because of the fact that I did a good job of setting an expectation up front, you can certainly try me, but don't expect me to answer the phone type of thing. Then there's no offense if then I don't call her till 5.15 in the evening. Okay, cool. How was your day? Good. Here's all the things I want to talk about. Or, oh no, it's not important. I don't even need it anymore, you know, or whatever it might be. But at least I've level set with her and been able to circle back. I love that, Jen. And I think what I'm hearing, and this is kind of priming the people for one of my upcoming solo episodes around communication, is that there is a lot of opportunity with our families to grow in the honesty that we communicate with them. Like I think people will lie to their families a lot because they feel like it keeps the peace. I'm guilty of that at times. Um, so finding ways to continue working truthful and helpful bits of communication into your conversations makes it incredibly easy to have boundaries with your family because it's not something that's catching them off guard. It's a conversation that is ongoing it's growing it's changing as you know things in your life change as your boundaries change as your needs change um it's a conversation that kind of grows and evolves instead of stagnates and kind of gets lost that is exactly correct yes that open honest continuous dialogue with questions when needed all of that will really really help Again, setting that expectation and allowing that to allowing you to use that as your benchmark to come back to when you're having that honest conversation instead of making up an excuse for a reason that you can't come over. You can just have the honest conversation. Love it. Love it. Well, 
I feel like I got a lot from this episode. Granted, we did actually workshop some of the things that I'm struggling with. So hopefully those struggles are relatable to everybody else. Otherwise, they all know the tea about what's going on with the Hill household. <laughs> um, but Jen, I, I think we should let them go today. I know they have tons of things to do. I know we both have tons of things to do. Um, but thank you for sharing all of your wonderful wisdom about family and dynamics and boundaries and conversations and questions and all of the good, good things with us today. Awesome. It was great. I enjoyed it. So I'll just get us recapped up here. So please head on over to wanderbarn.com slash people talking people to learn more about the show. Check out other great shows in the network as always. And until next time, have a good one. Bye people.